here you are, Crown. You're welcome. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Cape Corner, where we explore the history, story, and cultural impact of a different character or group every episode. I'm Blue. And I'm Clueless. <laughs> oh, I love that movie or show or whatever it is. I have <laughs> um, But uh, today, we are going to be talking about, okay, let's see. There, there's a bunch of different uh, names I can use. Um, let's see. The the home of all things manly, uh, Team Digurin. We're going to be talking about uh, the the paragon of masculinity, uh, <laughs> uh, Kamina, or the great Kamina. Um, we're going to be talking about the diggers, Simone, uh, uh, just a bunch of stuff. We're talking about Gurren Lagan today. Uh, and yeah, so you've never seen this show. I don't know what it is. I don't know any. This is this is the this is the least information I've ever had going into an episode of Cape Corn. I'm gonna tell you up top, ten out of ten, absolute S plus tier recommendation from me. It's 26 episodes, so it's a it's a brisk watch, and it changed my life. Hmm. Like, I, I all these other series, I'll be like. I enjoy them. Yeah, I think they're worth watching. I think there's great messaging here, but I never mm. say they actively changed my outlook on life. Interesting and death and legacy, like Gurren Lagann did. Um, okay, it, it came to me at the perfect time when I needed it most. It saved me from nihilism. Yeah. <laughs> um. Because it tackles heavy shit like that. It tackles, you know, like, what is left behind when you die? And, like, is there a purpose to doing anything? And what is the correct path for our future to take? And all, all these incredibly heavy things. And mm -hmm. it presents it under a, a veneer of it's about giant robots and bouncing titties. <laughs> so so it, it lulls you into a false sense of security of going, okay, I get one. You you pretty much sold it on one pitch, giant robots and bouncing titties. Okay. There's a lot of titties, bro. Sounds like a good show. It is a good show, and the titties do deliver. Um, but I just wanted to say it's also so much deeper than that. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, okay, to, to talk about the premise of it, I need to ask... Um, are you versed in the story from Plato called The Cave? Yes. That'll make this easy then. Uh, the story, episode one, is based on Plato's The Cave. Very cool. Uh, uh, for those of you who might be listening that don't know, the story of The Cave is a group, uh, uh, there is a civilization of people that have lived in a cave for so long, for so many generations, that any talk of a world outside of the cave uh, exists only as myth or urban legend now. They believe there is no real world outside of the cave um, and that anyone who tries to exit the cave is foolish because they think nothing exists outside of the cave. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Gurren Lagann... Well, okay... Technically, the first scene of, uh, and, and by the way, its full name is actually Tengen Topa Gurren Lagan, okay, uh, which means heaven and earth Gurren Lagan, um, and Gurren Lagan itself 
the the word Gurren, G-U-R-E-N, um, is the word for red. Uh, or okay. any word for red. It, it, I guess it's closer to like crimson because uh, Aka is the basic word for red. Um, okay. But that's not how they spell it. They spell it G-U-R-R-E-N. So it's hmm. it's like spelling red with two Ds. Okay. Uh, and then Lagan is another misspelling of the word for face. So if you were going to do an English translation of Gurren Lagann, it would be like red face, spelled like R-E-D-D-F-A-Y-C-E. Okay. Um, uh, okay, so. It, the first scene that you see in it shows a potential future. It's in the middle of space. Uh, there's explosions going off like crazy. There's people standing on some kind of big space battleship. Like, it's shaped like a boat. Um, and and one of them says, so all the lights in the heavens are our enemies. And another guy who's tossing a, what looks like a tiny drill-shaped pendant in his hand back and forth, he goes, yeah, but they're worthy opponents. I'll use the fabric of space-time to wring them out of existence. Uh, that is a heavy intro. And, and, and like, explosions are going off. This dude's got, like, a cloak billowing behind him. He's got his arms crossed in front of his chest. And he just says, Gurin Lagan, spin on. Who the hell do you think I am? Um, so this is basically a Shakespearean play, but sci-fi. Yes. That's actually <laughs> a really good way to put it. <laughs> um, okay, so, like, you, you know the whole, like, uh, online debate of like who could beat Goku, who could beat Saitama, you know, like uh, yeah. like fighting anime characters and whatnot, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I'm firmly in the camp that Saitama could not fucking stand with Goku. I'm sorry, he's cool and I like his series. Let's stop <laughs> pretending like he's stronger than he's actually shown himself to be. Um, just because he hasn't lost in his show doesn't mean that he would win in every other show where they do crazier shit. But yeah. so a lot of times I'm like, this person isn't beating Goku. This person isn't beating Goku. Simon from uh, Gurren Lagann would beat Goku. Okay. Um, at least for now. But it's kind of the thing about Goku is that he keeps getting stronger. So maybe someday. But um, uh, I should also say Simon is voiced by Yuri Lowenthal, who... Um, I love Yuri Lowenthal. Okay, good. You know who he is. Yes. <laughs> He's fantastic. Um, and this is one of his best performances. Um, so uh, he does he does Spider-Man, right? The game. Yes. Oh, okay, he, I was making sure. We were talking about Midnight Suns um, a minute ago before we started uh, properly. Mm -hmm. uh, Yuri does come back to voice Peter. In, uh, oh that's so fun yes he's he's also the main character of sunset overdrive which is a ludicrously fun game oh he's in sunset i i never actually got to play that game yeah it's so fun um okay so i'm gonna show you a picture of his character uh simon the digger or simon okay. uh so the the plato's the cave place that they're in it's an underground village called Jiha Village, and everyone in this world is named. Their last name is their um, village name. Okay. So uh, he's technically Simon Jiha. So this is him. 
Okay, cool. And, and uh, oh, that's a pig mole wearing sunglasses that's on his shoulder. His name is Buta. Understandable. He, he's his little pet. Um, he's very cute. And, and um, you know, Simone's like a, a sweet little kid, right? Um, and, and he will be a borderline coward um, for the first, like, 10 episodes. Um, and then episode 11, uh, he looks like this. Uh, though that is technically uh, the version of that scene from the movie, which like th- there were two movies that basically redid the whole series. Uh-huh. Um, they they largely used the same animation from the show, but they redid the animation for some scenes. This is one scene that they did it. Huh. Um, cool. Uh, okay, so Simon is uh, he's really good at digging. And that's one of the important jobs in their village, digging tunnels to expand the village. Um, uh, but people think he's weird. The girls mock him. Um, and uh, uh, he he doesn't really have anyone uh, that treats him very well, except for one guy. Oh, boy. This is the mighty Kamina. Okay. All right. Um, uh, and he forms his own little gang uh, called uh, Team Gurren. Okay. Uh, which would later have its name changed to Team Daigurin, Um which Dai just means super. Uh, and this is their logo. And this series was so powerful in the late 2000s that there was a movement that actually gained some traction to change England's flag to a Union Jack colored version of this logo. Oh, my God. <laughs> they should have won. Yeah. Uh, they should have won. Fucking normies in the government ruining <laughs> uh, what could have been greatness. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, okay, Team, Team Gurren at this point is literally just Kamina and, like, three other bozos, uh, from the village, uh, Kamina, his dad once took him to the surface momentarily, and he... Uh, was too freaked out to go with his dad. So he went back underground. But his dad basically said, when you grow up and become a man, come back to the surface and find me. Um, and so Kamina is older now. He He's more manly. Um, I will say he's only 18. Uh, mm. But he desperately wants to get to the surface. But every time he mentions the surface, the village chief is like, you fucking fool, you know, there is no surface, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, uh, one day, uh, while Simone is digging, he happens to find this little drill-shaped pendant, which is called a core drill, and it has this, like, green glow that emanates from inside it, pulsing, almost like a slow heartbeat, and, um, and he would then later continue digging and find something that he calls a giant face, it's a tiny robot that he can actually ride inside of, named Gurren. Or no, I'm sorry, named Lagon. Um, 
Kamina names it, by the way. Um, mm. he, he, he's li- he literally like in the middle of using it. He's like, even if it, heaven itself tolerates your brutality, the mighty Logon will not. And someone else is like, what's Logon? And he's like, it's this little thing's name. I just came up with it. Um, so this is Logon. Hang on, I lost my place. There we go. Okay, that, cool. That's Simone riding in Logon. <laughs> that's very cool. I like that. Um, so, oh, I should say his name is spelled like Simon, but they're very clear to pronounce it's Simon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, a giant robot that's kind of shaped like a big wolf head with stubby little arms and legs coming off of it, uh, kind of like Modoc actually. Mm-hmm. Um, comes down and it's holding a big stone club and it crashes through their ceiling. And coming down right after it is a girl, uh, Yoko Littner. Uh, now, when, when I'm talking about there's a lot of titties in this show, uh, I'm largely talking about Yoko. Okay. Uh, there she is. Oh yeah, there's some titties. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Now let's let's talk about something real quick. Uh, this upsets a lot of nerds. Um, uh, th- this especially sets a lot of the new wave of puritanical people. Um, okay, so I told you Kamina is 18. Um, yeah. Simone, as you see him in the images I provided, is 14. Yoko is also 14. Okay. And you might go, why do they look so drastically different in age? <laughs> and uh, I, there's this guy, best guy ever, who um, he sort of opened my third eye when it came to this. The mm-hmm. reason Yoko is constantly, God bless you. Thank you. Constantly extremely sexualized, at least in the early episodes. And the way, reason she looks the way she does is because she is the object of Simone's affection and lust early on. And so she looks as attractive as possible because that's the way he sees her and we're seeing through his eyes. Okay, makes sense. Um, and, uh, and, and that sort of explains why when we see her later on, there's like a seven year time skip. Her 21-year-old version looks pretty much exactly the same as her 14-year-old version, but Simone's 21-year-old version looks very different from his 14-year-old version. So it, it was like he was already like seeing her as beautiful as she could be, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but he saw it growing to do. Okay. Um, but regardless, she looks hot and she's a hot anime girl and you can't get around that so if you're going to freak out that people are sexualizing a 14 year old <laughs> you, br- brother you're going to be real upset by what the show itself did <laughs> you oh, oh boy um, you, you learn to live with it it's anime they're not real chill out uh, but, <laughs> uh, but okay so uh, Yoko winds up explaining some shit to them there's a war happening on the surface. The, these giant robots are called gunmen, and they're piloted by things called beastmen, which they're like animal-human hybrids. Uh, and 
Yoko was part of another underground village called Littner Village. Uh, mm. But while they were digging, they stumbled into an armory full of all kinds of weapons. Unfortunately, it also released some toxic gas into uh, their village. So they had no choice but to take those weapons and go up to the surface. Okay. Now that they're on the surface, the beastmen are constantly trying to hunt them. Uh, and she was in a battle with one of those beastmen, and its gunmen crashed through the floor and fell mm -hmm. into their village. So Kamina encourages Simon to use Lagon, uh, which he found. And the, the core drill around his neck acts as a key to start it up. Uh, and at first, Simone is petrified. He does not want to fight this thing. And Kamina gives one of the most legendary anime lines of all time. Listen, Simone, don't believe in yourself. Believe in me. Believe in yeah. Kamina who believes in you. Okay, that's fun. And that's genuinely a really... As silly as it sounds, it's a good methodology to tackle anxiety with. If I don't believe in myself, but someone that I look up to, who I think is incredible, who I think could do this easily, they believe in me to do this? Well, I believe in them, and they believe in me, so that's a way of me believing in myself. That's fun. Um, and that's what Simone does. He, he goes, if Kamina thinks I can do it, then I can do it. And as he starts to get more um, determined and aggressive, uh, like the, the green light starts to pour out of Lagon and uh, it, it starts producing drills. It, it produces one from its forehead. Both of its arms turn into drills. Kamina comments, uh, that's your kind of weapon. We can totally win with this. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, they wind up drilling the enemy up through the ceiling and tearing it apart and breaking out to the surface. Uh, and soon after that, uh, Kamina sees you know more of the gunmen up there, piloted by beastmen, and he sees one and he remarks, "I like that one's face." All right, I've decided I'm going to pilot that thing. And Yoko and the others are like, humans don't pilot gunmen. And he goes, well, those beastmen things can pilot it. That means I can too. Sound logic. And it's funny because Kamina's ability to think up outside the box catches all the other humans who have sort of settled into their role and their status quo off guard, but it winds up being a major inspiring force. Huh. Um, he does wind up uh, being able to steal it, though he shatters its arms and legs while fighting the other gunmen, but they steal the thicker arms and legs from those gunmen. Uh, they, they paint it a deeper red, uh, and they give it a giant pair of glasses to uh, uh, match Kamina's glasses. And this is what he calls Gurren. Uh, hang on. I got it. There it is. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and then later on, while they're fighting a guy called Viral, who is a beast man who uh, will become important later. Um, uh, and, and his gunman has like this uh, samurai helmet kind of thing on top of its head. Uh, through the battle, they wind up cracking this, like, ring 
that um, is on the front of the helmet, uh, smashing the little headpiece of the gunman, uh, or really crushing it in their hands. Um, well, I guess I should say they they try fighting it separately, and uh, they wind up getting their asses beat. And then Commodus says, we're going to combine. And everyone's like, what? They're going to combine? How are they going to do that? And um, Logon is in this form where it's basically just a head with a drill coming out of the bottom of it. No arms or legs. Mm -hmm. He literally just grabs Logon and jams it into the top of Gurren. It's so (laughs) fucking stupid. And everyone's like, are you fucking serious? That's funny. But then the thing that nobody expects the green energy starts pouring through the drill out of Logon, and it properly combines with Gurren. Like, they actually integrate both of their pieces together. Hmm. Then they they crack that samurai helmet ring, they crush the headpiece, they take the helmet and wear it, and this is Gurren Logon. Okay, hang on. So this is the titular robot of the show. Okay, cool. So... Uh, Kamina is inside the mouth of uh, the chest and Simone is inside the head. That's fun. I like that. Uh, so Kamina is the heart of the machine and Simone is the brain. And hmm. that is the role that they take because Kuren Lagan is largely a, a series themed around duality. It And it it doesn't mock. It criticizes shonen series protagonists because one of the big thing about every shonen anime series is the main character goes, "No, I'm not going to give up if I just try really hard." And, and they they beat impossible odds. And it's like it's a good message that sometimes yeah, sure, effort, willpower, effort and willpower can take you farther than you ever expected. But Gurren Lagann goes, "It can do that." Or you can get yourself fucking killed. <laughs> if you have only willpower and you blindly charge into impossible odds without thinking things through, you will die. And Kamina is that shonen protagonist, but a lot of times Simone will be the more level-headed one and he will say, wait, I think we should let them retreat for now. We've taken too much damage. If we continue fighting right now, um, it's not that I'm scared. Well, I am scared, but I just think that we should continue this battle another day when we're refreshed. And Kamina will comment, you know, that calm head of yours is the only reason I'm still alive. Very cool. He he is a shonen protagonist that learns to appreciate using your head. Because there, there is often in the shonen anime series a rival that is more cool-headed. It, it's the red guy and the blue guy. It's the hard-headed yeah. guy and it's the smart guy. It's the it's the fiery, passionate willpower versus the um, collected thinker. And oftentimes they're at friend, they're friends, or they're at odds with each other. They're rivals or whatever. But it is that duality. But in this series, they work together, and they balance. That's very each other. cool. Yeah, they balance each other out. Um, I like that a lot. Uh, and the first seven episodes are just a real joy. Again, it's it's extremely colorful. Lots of explosions, lots of action, lots of titties bouncing. Um, <laughs> there's an entire episode that takes place at a bathhouse 
where even though there are enemies trying to murder them, Kamina's main objective is to see Yoko's boobs. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I should point out that they they have like a romance thing too, uh, Yoko and Kamina. Um, okay. And and you think in those first seven episodes, yeah, I get it. I understand exactly what kind of series this is. Yeah. And then episode eight changes everything. Fun. Uh, we're down to a little over a minute. So um, I think I will get into the dark arc of Gurren Lagann um, after our first break. Okay. Uh, but uh, just uh, with the minute we have remaining, what do you think of these designs? Do you like the art style and stuff? Yeah, they're cool. It's very, it's, you know, it's big robots. It's very transformery, Power Ranger, all the, the cool things that I like about big robots. Yeah. Uh, you might see that Simone has a little red bandana tied around his arm. It's actually a, a ripped piece of the fabric of communist cape. Ooh, that's um, fun. Yeah. So it's it's cool. Like, I, I like their designs. Their, their looks actually evolve in the first three episodes as they just sort of take stuff from each other and other people mm. it's cool all right that we, is cool we will talk more in uh, a little bit after awesome. that break <laughs> and now we meander yep just hanging out waiting <sighs> for the end all right we're back yay okay so episode eight uh, changes uh, because they're what they're doing in that episode. They're assaulting a giant fortress, a mobile fortress. Um, mm -hmm. That uh, well, okay. They they learned from Viral, the the guy that they were fighting in episode three that they took the helmet from. Um, mm -hmm. That uh, there are there is a capital city where all the beastmen come from, where they all live. Um, mm. th there are four generals, and those four generals serve the Spiral King, who is the immortal ruler of the world. And, cool. Uh, uh, one of the generals, Timel. Oh, I should also say, the four ge generals are named after the four fragments of DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, the the G cat. <laughs> uh, they're uh, Timelf, Adine, uh, Cedomandra, and um, Guam. Uh, because uh, DNA and Spiral. Uh, I'll talk about Spiral in a little bit. Like you'll you'll, it, it might blow your mind. It's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, Timelf has a mobile fortress. That I think he calls die guns on. They're, they're all okay. like die gun something. It's like die gunkin, die gundo, die guns, and I, I can't remember which one's which. But anyway, this one looks like a big red boat, um, almost. But it's got little feet on the bottom, and it walks. Cool. Um, so, so like the the bow of the boat looks like a giant bladed dick coming off of it almost. Huh. Um, and they decide that they're going to steal that. But the key to the plan is Simone because Lagan they found out from it 
being stabbed into Gurren, has the ability to take over other gunmen. Um, if it drills into something, it can integrate its systems into the gunmen. So because that giant mobile fortress is a giant gunman, they're planning mm -hmm. on having Simon take it over. Uh, and the night before this big operation, uh, Yoko confesses her feelings to Kamina. She kisses him and they get into a relationship. And Simon was getting ready to come through and say that he liked Yoko and he sees them kissing and it distresses him. And Logon operates based on Simone's emotional state. Mm -hmm. So when they're in the battle, he can't get Logon to operate properly because he's still too upset. Um, it, it's hampered by things like cowardice or distress, um, and it's strengthened by you know determination, anger, or even horniness. <laughs> um, and that sounds ridiculous. But the power that he's drawing on is called spiral power. And it right. is the power of progress. And part of progress is procreation. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I, I do want to gush about spiral power real quick, because we're going to be talking a lot about it. So the mm -hmm. spiral king, the enemy they fight, uses spiral power. Um, none of the beastmen can use it, but humans are able to use it. Spiral mm -hmm. power... It is the same power that facilitates evolutionary growth through helix DNA, personal growth, the idea of uh, we advance a little with every turn, that's how a drill works, mm -hmm. and cosmic growth in that galaxies are often spiral-shaped. Oh. The power of the spiral is the power of growth. That's cool. Yes. So that shonen trope of if I try really hard and I press <laughs> myself in the middle of this battle, I, I can beat impossible odds is turning to a literal cosmic force that they can tap into. A a quantifiable and tangible energy that That's explains neat. why it actually helps them do impossible things. Because I like that. It can generate matter. It can repair wounds. Um, it, it can it can regenerate damage to their gunmen. Uh, it can make shields. It can make attacks. It can alter the fabric of reality. <laughs> um, and Simone winds up like learning how to tap into it to an unprecedented degree, um, but. As I said, in episode eight, he's trying to take over the systems. He's too freaked out. And Kamina punches him in the face. And Simon's like, why did you do that? And Kamina <laughs> just goes, have you finally snapped out of it? Listen, I don't know what's going on with you, but I give you my word. Anytime you start to freak out or doubt, my, or doubt yourself, I'll be there to belt you one. <laughs> get back up. And let's do this thing, partner. And Simon, that's just, fun. You're right. And that that sorts him out. And he takes it over, and Communist starts to get back into his gunman, and an energy blast rips through his body. Ooh. He he's like almost like he almost loses an arm. Like so much of his shoulder gets cut through. Mm -hmm. um, 
and he seems down for the count and Simon starts going berserk and his energy pours into Logon, Logon pours into the fortress and it just starts raining fire and they're fighting near a volcano. You actually oh. like glowing green cracks in the ground split the ground leading to the volcano which then erupts. That's epic. It is. And but he he's shooting at all their allies and everything too. So um you actually see Kamina like wake up in his cockpit, force himself up as a bunch of blood gushes out of him. Oh my and, god. Uh we would later find out that spiral power is so intense that it could even revive the dead. So there mm. is a theory that he willed himself back to life after he oh died. <laughs> Um, to help Simone. He gets Simone um, calmed down. Uh, they form Gurren Lagan together. Um, and uh, they beat one of the generals. And immediately after using a brand new move, a finishing move called Giga Drill Break, where they, they take the sunglasses. Uh, there's like two layers of it. They throw them both like boomerangs they stab into the arms and legs of the enemy gunmen leaving them spread eagled in midair uh communist pose is like pointing up to the sky so they point up to the sky they make a giant fucking drill that dwarfs gurren lagan come out of uh their hand pointing up and mm -hmm. they basically rocket with this giant drill through the enemy's torso and explode them in midair. Immediately after doing the first giga drill break, Kamina dies for real. His final words being like, later, buddy. Oh, man. And Simone's like, did you say something, bro? And it just cuts to like, it's raining. It's after the battle. Everyone's in shock. Simone is on his hands and knees screaming. Um, oh. And... And it, the rain pouring down the face of Lagan makes it look like Gurren Lagan is crying. Cool, yeah. And we have an arc dealing with depression and death and mourning a loss. And Man, that's powerful. Simone is lashing out at people. He's angry. Um, he, he's trying to fight like Kamina did, but he's going in too reckless and too hot. Um it seems like he might not recover from this. Um, but uh, he winds up meeting a girl named Nia. And when I say meeting a girl, normally you'd imagine like, oh, like they meet in a park or they meet here. Or they meet. She was literally in like a tiny dumpster filled with flowers that was thrown into a pit full of a bunch of older looking mini dumpsters. Oh my God. She was left there to die. Um, and she does not look like other humans. First of all, she's super clean. She's got super fancy clothes. Uh, her hair looks like uh, a big poofy blue cloud. Uh, she's mm -hmm. got like weird flower-shaped irises. Um, let, me, let me show you what Nia looks like. Uh, Uh, here we go. This is a pretty decent image. Okay. Um, 
Oh, and uh, what's sad is that there's three versions of the opening. So starting with episode nine, they go into the second version of the opening where um, instead of Kamina being in the intro, uh, Nia takes his spot. Huh. Um, so Nia does has never seen another human before, apparently, according to what she says to Simone. Um, yeah. Uh, she doesn't know anything about the war. We would find out that her full name is Nia Teplin, and Teplin is the capital city. Um, cool. Okay. Is the daughter of the Spiral King, Lord Genome. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so she is a princess. Um, oh, and yes, the Spiral King's name is Lord Genome, which is like Lord Genome. You know, again, like DNA. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Um, cool. So uh, she winds up getting really upset, you know, learning the fact that the beastmen are killing these humans indiscriminately. And um, she she tries to, you know, be diplomatic and get them to stop. But they inform everyone that, well, she got a little too self-aware for the Spiral King's liking. She asked why she was born and he threw her away. She was she was supposed to die in that um in that ditch area. Uh, and so that pisses off Team Diger and something fierce, and they all decide to rally behind her. Um, and they bring her on board. They're happy to welcome her. Uh, it's very cute. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, wow. I smell weed. <laughs> <laughs> like in your area or from this series? No, like someone like my neighbors doing so I don't know what's going on, but I'm just standing here in my kitchen. I'm smelling weed. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just just threw me off. Had to comment on it. Yeah, it's okay. It threw me off too. Um <laughs> uh, but uh yeah, so uh uh what was I Oh, so you say she got accepted in. Everyone is is happy to have her. Yeah. So Simone is, you know, still like being very down on himself and he's comparing himself to Kamina. All the others are comparing him to Kamina, saying Kamina would have done this. Kamina would have been better at this, et cetera, et cetera. Simone's not fit to leave. That's shitty. Um, It's not like they're really trying to be shitty, but it's. Just, human nature but it, it, it's just that's very sad <laughs> everyone was so enamored by Kamina he is the one that brought all of these people together um yeah that makes sense everyone was willing to follow him but to them Simone was like the cowardly little brother type that was just sort of hanging on to Kamina yeah so they haven't seen him at his best but Nia never knew Kamina and she tells <laughs> Simone like I can't grieve for someone I didn't know I can't compare you to someone I didn't know. But you yeah. rescued me. So I think you're amazing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you're like your brother, and I don't think you should try to be like him. That's cool. By the way, they weren't actually That's kind. They weren't actually brothers, but um but uh Kamina would say that they're they were siblings of the spirit. That's a cool line. Yeah. That's, um, a, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so so he would call him. Um, they, they would call each other bro. It was very endearing, um, and um, things come to a head when uh, one of the generals Guam 
kidnaps all of them, has Nia at gunpoint. So all the humans are like basically handcuffed and they're trapped in like a little dirt uh, prison cell. And like some, they're all like so hard headed and bullheaded. They're all trying to be like Kamina. They're trying to like bite and eat their way through the dirt and dig out with their hands and it's <laughs> yeah. not working. And finally they all give up to despair and they, they're just sitting there quietly. And now that everything is quiet, they're all able to hear the the slightest grinding noise. And they all look over and they just start watching as Simone, who still has his core drill, the little pendant, is using uh, it as an actual drill, just slowly digging his way through. That's cool. And we get a story from two different perspectives. We had heard Simone's perspective earlier in that um, he remembered a time when... Kamina had a plan to get to the surface and it involved Simone just drilling through a tunnel and um, and the others would follow behind him. And Simone was panicking. He didn't know which way to go. He lost track of which way was up, which way back to the village. Um, and he thought that they were all going to die in there. But Kamina uh, just laughed and uh, said, onwards and upwards, men, let's keep going. And that steadied Simone's shaking hands. Um, and he continued digging and they suddenly burst through and they were able to get back to the village. So that was the way Simone saw it. But in this moment, as he's digging, we hear Yoko say that communists saw it differently. He told her the story of how they were digging and Kamina was laughing, but he was putting on a brave face because he was panicking inside. Yeah, okay. And, and he thought that, you know, they were doomed and it was all going to be his fault that the others died because they were all following his plan. But he saw Simone continue to dig in front of him, putting everything else, you know, all the other distractions out of his mind. He was focusing only on his digging. And as Ooh. he was watching Simone's back, he thought, I refuse to be laughed at by that back. And so he was able to continue putting on a brave face, continue inspiring others, and then Simone bro broke through. And Kamina said, if it wasn't for Simone, we would have all died that day. Oh. And suddenly regaining his confidence, remembering some of Kamina's last words to him. So remember that thing I said from episode one where he was like, don't believe in yourself, believe in me, believe in the Kamina who believes in you. Yeah. Right before he died, right before they used the Giga drill break, Kamina said, listen, Simone, uh, don't believe in the Kamina that believes in you. Um, uh, he's like, don't believe in this, don't believe in that. Believe in the Simone who believes in you. Cool. You know, telling him to believe. Oh, man. And so in this moment, <laughs> Simone repeats that line. He gets his confidence back. The core drill suddenly starts glowing and Logon itself digs down to rescue um, uh, Simone. And uh, he manages to rescue Nia. Um, his hands are all like fucked up from digging. So she actually asks him to move his hands. She grabs the controls, has him put his hands on top of her hands so that he can grab something softer, her hands, and pile it like that. Uh, and that's really cool. He forms Gurren Lagan. He pops out, and in that colorful image of him I showed you, he loudly proclaims, 
my bro is dead. He's gone. Oh. But he's right there on my back where he's got the Team Digerin logo on his back. And he goes, and he's here in my heart. He lives on as a part of me. If you're going to dig, dig to the heavens. No matter what's in my way, I won't stop. And once I broke through, it means that I've won. Just Dude, that's, huh? that's powerful shit. <laughs> it is. And he continues. He says, just who in the hell do you think I am? Which was a line Kamina always said. He says, I'm not my bro. I'm me. I'm Simone the Digger. Right before wow. he proceeds to perform the Giga Drill Break himself. Yeah. It's wow. fucking great. It's one of the most powerful anime moments I've ever seen in my life. And That's really cool. And it, it made me recontextualize death. Um, hmm. I, I recently was speaking with my friend Gene about our differing thoughts on the afterlife. Because he's Christian, I believe. And, you know, I'm not. And I told him, I don't like the idea of an afterlife where you just continue existing as yourself in a second iteration of, you know, your soul or whatever. Um, and I don't think it makes a lot of sense um, that we would just be constantly generating new souls and then storing them in an afterlife after a hundred years. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I believe that the universe has showed that if it, if there's one rule it likes to abide by, it's recycling. <laughs> um, every planet was formed from stardust, which was itself formed from a star, which was itself once a different star that eventually exploded, turned into a nebula, recondensed into a brand new star, recondensed into planets. Everything is constantly cyclical. Every every mm -hmm. piece of matter is being repurposed. Um, and I like to feel that the soul is similar, but I don't also necessarily know if I subscribe to the idea of typical reincarnation yeah. reincarnation i like to think i think that we should stop using viewing the soul as a solid and start viewing it as a liquid and what uh. i mean by that is that how do you quantify if a, a body of water that you're looking at is the same body of water that it used to be mm -hmm. because Various water molecules and water droplets will evaporate. They'll go and rain down into different bodies of water and join that. And it's like, right. how do you split water apart uh, into different, like, cities? You, you, you can't do that. Right. It's fluid. It's all constantly separating and rejoining and reforming. And I think that our souls, if we have them, are the same way in that... A little piece of you will be implanted in someone else hmm. when you inspire them or you alter their viewpoint on things. And hmm. um, I think that when you die, the energy that makes up your life, the, the electricity in your brain and the chemicals in your body and all of that hmm. um, will rejoin with the earth. Uh, is okay let's say this let's say that your body when it decomposes creates a patch of grass yeah but then you and have, like, the antelope oh. eat the grass exactly it's very circle of life but then look at it this <laughs> way so then your energy is in that patch of grass right but then that patch of grass mm. is eaten by like five different creatures yeah 
So now your energy has been split among those five creatures. Mm-hmm. And then maybe one of them is a cow that will eventually turn into a pack of burgers. And that pack of burgers is <laughs> five different people. I, I, it's, it sounds like I'm memeing, but I'm serious. Like the- Yeah, no. And, and we'll see what you were talking about with the water made me think of the way that humans work anyway. Uh, where you were saying that, you know, water isn't the same water all the time because the water molecules evaporate and they go somewhere else. But uh, at the same time, we're looking at the human body and every single cell in your body is not the same one that was there when you were born. They're constantly dying and being replaced. Every um, every seven years, give or yeah. take, you've whole essentially new, got a brand new whole body. Whole new body. Whole yes. new thing. <laughs> um, so... That's what, and it's like, we're, we're changing physically, we're changing mentally, we're changing in our levels of growth and maturity. Which, by the way, is, and I know that, I know, I get how memory works and everything. I get that it's all electrical impulses in the brain, but there's an aspect to that replacement of, of everything in you every once in a while that is what makes me hold firm to my belief in a soul. That it's like, you know, all this stuff's always changing, but there's still a you. It's always there. There's this this extra something in there that I don't know how to define. And that must be a soul. That's what, that's how I uh, stick to that. If if I want to get extremely literally scientific, um, the self is a chemical reaction that takes place within the brain. And, and I remember when I hit the realization when I was a kid that, um, you are a brain. <laughs> you are brain. Yes. I, that is... <laughs> I, I, I was looking at someone. I was looking at someone who lost an arm, and it occurred mm-hmm. to me, the still self there. is still in their body. It's not in that discarded arm, right? So, mm-hmm. what if they lose a leg? What if they lose both legs? What if they lose both arms? What if their head is cut off? Is the self the heart, or is it the mind? And mm-hmm. I and I realized, well, it's it's the mind because. I've seen heads continue to, you know, operate on like animal animals and whatnot. Like they they twitch for a yeah. while. So it's like that's the alive part. The the heart yep. is obviously necessary to keep it alive, but it's a battery. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and then I went, okay, so then what if you lose your nose, your mouth, your ears, all of this stuff? Ultimately, it comes down to all of your functions need your brain to perform. So the brain is what we are, and more specifically, we are a chemical process within the brain that exists to uh, facilitate survival. <laughs> uh, yeah. We, we need to have a consciousness so that we can be active, eating, sleeping. It, it, all this stuff can't properly be done on this earth on autopilot. So right. that that is like the why we exist, which is very sad that we exist just to live with no deeper purpose. But... Mm-hmm. I think purpose is something we can create for ourselves. It doesn't need to be yeah. given to us. Yep. Um, so, so that's why I've never been like super into religion myself. I don't, I don't think I need someone to give me a to purpose. tell me what the point is. Yeah. I don't need to be a part of someone's plan. I don't need to be a cog in a cosmic machine. Um, I, I can choose what being me means. And um, when, when I die, um, first of all, I'm not as afraid of death as I used to be when I was younger, um, because I've learned. Oh, I am. <laughs> well, I, I it's a simple paradigm shift for me. I was already dead 
for a long time. Like the idea of, well, what will happen after I die? Well, that's not my problem. Just as it wasn't my problem what happened before I was born. When I die, it'll be just like going back to where I was before I was born. That reminds me of that line uh, that Fitz has in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Remember that? Which one? The, the, there's uh, Fitz and Simmons are trapped on the bottom of the ocean. Oh, yeah. And 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 she says, I think that she's afraid of dying. And he says, well, you know, when you die, it'll be just like before you were born. That wasn't so bad, was it? Exactly. <laughs> I, it, I love that line. It wasn't. Like, every. I think every night when you go to sleep, in a certain manner, you're courting death. I, I once jokingly said, <laughs> that I love sleep because it's like dying without the long-term uh, commitment. <laughs> uh, but but what started as a joke, I started going, I, I think there's something actually to that because we view death as a loss of being able to do things. Yeah. But a lot of the things we do are terrible. We stress out <laughs> over whether or not we can pay the bills and we worry about what other people think of us and we get angry and we get anxious and we get upset. And it's like, sure, you when you die, you're no longer doing the fun stuff, but the fun stuff is only a fraction of our lives. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've chosen to view death as sleep in that you are calm, you're serene, you, you're no longer worrying. And... I like sleeping because my life isn't great <laughs> right now. And I, <laughs> I don't like thinking about it. And yeah. so when I view it that way, I'm like, that sounds kind of nice. Um, and, and again, I, I don't think it's like my entire existence will disappear. I think parts of me will live on through the energy that I leave behind and through the lessons I leave behind my, my interactions. I, I know that I've made the lives of some other people better. Mm -hmm. And I choose to believe that my soul or whatever is in those people because as people were constantly changing, the, the people, the person that you were 10 years ago is not the person you are now. Yeah. Now you're getting into, uh, there's always a reference. Anytime you say something profound, I'm going to draw it to something uh, that I know. And that one just got me into the Doctor Who frame of mind where, um, do you watch much Doctor Who? I forget. I, I tried getting into it. And I never really could get into okay. it. I do like David Tennant. Yeah. But, so, you know, the premise, Doctor Who changes yes. every once in a while, becomes a whole different person. And there's a scene where uh, the, the Matt Smith Doctor is about to, to go away and become someone else. And there's a great line where uh clara says but you won't you won't be you you're about to change and she's like upset because she didn't want to lose him and he says we all change when you think about it all of us all throughout our lives we're constantly becoming different people and that's good it's great you've got to keep moving as long as you remember all the people you used to be that's just a great line well see the, the thing about you saying that you're going to continue drawing references I think that you've learned all these lessons. I'm just putting the puzzle together for you. Yeah. No, so these you... are all, yeah. It's, there's a lot, there's a profound impact on my life from pop culture <laughs> that I kind of absorb these little tidbits of deep meaning. And I'm like, yeah, I vibe with that. Exactly. And I just kind of hold on to it um, and keep it as part of my uh, mentality. So, so uh, what I was saying with that though is that do you consider the past you dead? 
Not really. Yeah, you're you're not that person anymore. They're gone. They've changed into someone new, but mm -hmm. they're not dead. The they are the foundation for who you are now. And I think in that way, when I change someone else's mind, when... I hate some of them, but they're not dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, agreed. Um, uh, but every time I have an impact on someone's life, I change their viewpoint on something i open their eyes to something i make them feel good enough to get through it their day when they might not have been able to get through it otherwise um you know like i'm not acting like i'm a superhero that's saved a million lives or anything but i do i i know i've touched the lives of people and i think in that way i will continue to live on as a part of them the way that simone said it He's right there on my back and he's here in my heart. He lives on as a part of me. Yeah. Um, and uh, and we would later find out in the canon of Garen Lagan that that is very true. He does wind up getting to speak one last time with Kamina's ghost, essentially. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, uh, okay, so all that was very... Uh, deep and philosophical but that that's that's what Gurren that's Lagan when did. this podcast is at its best <laughs> that that's what Gurren Lagan did to me it it made me no longer fear things I used to fear because it recontextualized things for me that's really and, cool um I, I used I used to say like you know uh, again I was nihilistic I was like nothing matters mm -hmm. but but the the way that Team Digurin is so simple. And not only are they simple, they're celebrated for their simplicity. Because yeah. somebody would be going into a deep nihilistic monologue uh, about how nothing matters, and they'd just be like, oh, look, shut up. We don't give a fuck about any of that. We're just trying to save the girl. <laughs> you're you're stupid. You sound fucking dumb. <laughs> let's, let's fight. <laughs> and and the the more intelligent being would be so caught off guard they'd be like what what what, what? and um i think sometimes we get into our heads too much we start trying oh, yeah. to break down the essence of life and matter and do you know what thought play well and you know what in a lot of ways and this is i don't know if you want to edit back in the conversation we were having at the beginning but it kind of ties back to what we were talking about this morning about uh my speech therapy is that's my whole problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, have, I have a lot of vocal struggles because I'm constantly in my own head worrying about the fact that I have vocal struggles. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know what um, thought plagued me and wasted so much of my time in my early 20s? Yeah. Uh, the conception of the universe. I, I uh. grappled and struggled with the idea of like, well, if there is a God, where did God come from? Who created them? Don't give me that God created itself bullshit. I'm, I'm not mm -hmm. here for that. Um, if, if it's the Big Bang, well, that had to come from a singular atom. So where did that come from? Maybe our universe is cyclical. And when the heat death of the universe happens, it'll all collapse in on itself and create another atom, which yep. will eventually explode again. But then where did that atom come from? And exactly. How how did existence happen in the first place? Is existence even real? Are are we just a dream in a sea of nothingness? Like all Could this be. shit freaked me the fuck out, and I was crippled. 
by it. And eventually, one day, it was like inspiration struck. Like out of the ether, um, the answer came to me. I, I have the answer to the origin of the universe. And mm -hmm. it's, who fucking cares? Yep. You want to know, what, you wanna know the sad thing? That crippling existential dread happened to me when I was like seven. Yeah. I, just, I got that in my head and I just couldn't get over it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I started thinking about that shit when I was young too. But it was like my 20s was when it really started interfering with my life. Um, wow. Because uh, I wasn't in school anymore. I wasn't actively doing things. So I had a lot of time to myself. Yeah, you get you get a little too much time to think. Yes. <laughs> um, but but like a monk meditating for days, uh, I did eventually reach enlightenment, which was <laughs> who cares? Why, why do I need to know this? What would that affect? How would that change anything? It wouldn't. And it, honestly, the answer would probably just distress me more. And one. So this going back to what I think the answer is for you. Sometimes we as people are desperate for control. Yeah. We're, we're we are stupid fucking meat puppets on a rock that is hurtling thousands of miles per hour in space. Meat and puppets piloted by really strange jellyfish creatures. Yes. And we're, <laughs> we're desperate to try and make sense and and tell ourselves that we have some form of control. I, I yeah. think this also goes into the capitalist shit where the other day I had someone tell me that I'm poor because I'm not trying hard enough. And I told them, I think you're desperate to say that my circumstances are entirely my fault because you want to believe that- That it couldn't be you. That, that, yeah. that no, 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 that we are all in complete control of our lives and that any failures in our lives have to be a result of our own personal actions. When in reality, we don't control much. We yeah. I, I always think that people who, at least people who are well off, who are sticking hard to the, it's your fault if you're poor, just desperately trying to convince themselves that it can't happen to them. And that it's that their, their uh, own, uh, 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 great points that led to why they're rich. Like, yeah, they they if they worked for their money, they'll believe that it, it's effort. If they were born with that money, they believe it's manifest destiny. They'll yeah. believe anything to believe that they deserve what they have and that you deserve whatever um, uh, lack of uh, substance that you have. Um, mm -hmm. They don't want to acknowledge that the world will influence you much harder than you can influence the world. That's right. And and I think like especially like tying it back to you, uh you won't find peace until you learn to let go of control. Mm -hmm. And that is that is word for word something that my speech therapist has said to me. <laughs> it's true because I was so desperate. I was like, I'm so smart, I'm so fucking intelligent, and I'm more intelligent than everyone else. And as a result, I need to be the one to come up with these impossible answers. I want my life to mean something. So I want to uh, come up with the answer that no other human being in the course of human history has been able to come up with, which is the origin of everything, the purpose of everything. And I hurt myself so deeply. And oh, yeah. 
And it's because well, I wanted to control my own destiny, to control what other people thought of me, to control my own intelligence. And, and, it's, and it's very easy for that mentality to sink into someone who is highly intelligent and highly driven. That you're, That's your natural inclination. And once again, something my speech therapist said to me, this is actually a funny little tidbit. Um, I've been in speech therapy for like six months. I'm getting there. I sound pretty good. Still can't get back to everything that I used to be able to do. Uh, lots of voices I wish I could do, lots of singing. But my speech therapist said, there are very few people I've seen take this long. And I was like freaking out. She was like, no, 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 wait. <laughs> she was like, the few people that take this long are always engineers. <laughs> and I'm an engineer. And she was like, because you're all so facts and you got to make it happen with the special formula that you're smart enough to figure out. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't. It just doesn't. You have to relinquish control and that's when you can truly recover and grow. And uh, that's what Gurren Lagann uh, also taught me. God, we're so fucking <laughs> smart and our dicks are so fucking big. <laughs> why don't more people listen to us we're fucking great <laughs> uh all right we're done in less than a minute uh we're, we're gonna have one more break and then i'll i'll wrap up i'll talk about the cosmic section of gurren lagan and um, okay and oh it, it's gonna be great Ugh. man that, that was some heavy shit we hit on just now though Dude, that was like, we could stop there and have one of the best episodes we've ever done. Okay. Uh, All right. We, we could stop it there, uh, but we need to talk about giant robots throwing galaxies. Yes, that's such a hardcore sentence. <laughs> it is a real thing that happens, I promise you. They throw them like ninja stars. Um, okay, so... Uh, ultimately, what winds up happening is that Simon gets accepted as the leader of Team Daigurin. Um, mm -hmm. He uh, he and Nita have a have like a budding romance. It's very cute. Um, uh, Yoko was hit hard by the fact that Kamina died right after like they initiated a romantic relationship. And I'll tell you that later on in the series, towards the end, um, another guy, Kitan will die immediately after kissing Yoko. Um, and it has led to a fucked up, but also funny acronym. Um, people have started saying that Yoko's name is an acronym mm -hmm. for you only kiss once. Okay. Because anyone she kisses in the series dies immediately after <laughs> kissing her. <laughs> Um, but there's only two, but it, it's weird that it happened twice. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, so she kind of has a rough time with it, but they eventually make it to Teplin. It's a giant, it, it's shaped like a giant weird drill that's just stabbed into the earth. It, it's like a, a, a mat, imagine it like a, a skyscraper, but it was like triangle shaped. Okay. And um, uh, it, it has a bunch of like tiny skyscrapers. Like um, it's almost like an upside down favela, right? Because uh, there's a bunch of buildings that are like 
dangling from the underside of it. So it's like a mixture okay. of a favela and uh, the Western Air Temple from Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, uh, that's cool. I like that description of that. That's really good. Um, so they they fight the last of the generals that are alive. Uh, they kill them. Like, great. And then all of a sudden, um, skyscrapers just start falling like bombs uh, onto them. And Teplin starts moving, and we realize it is a giant gunman. <laughs> and um, uh, they they pull off some crazy fucking maneuvers. It's it's so awesome. Um, there, there's a shot that's etched in my memory of Gurren Lagann standing on the bow of their um, mobile fortress ship thing with its arms crossed. And it, it's a, a close-in shot of Gurren Lagann. It zooms out, shows the fortress, and then it zooms out some more, showing all of these allied ships flying through the sky towards Teplin. And um, okay. uh, they, they wind up getting Gurren Lagann inside the throne room. Uh, yeah. Viral is there. He reveals that he's been given an immortal body that can never die. Um, but it doesn't matter. Simone just basically just fucks him up in, like, seconds. And Vero's like, why? Like every time we fight, you you get stronger and you just beat me more. And and then Lord Genome is just like, Vero, you sad wretch. I didn't give you immortal life so that you could beat the humans. I gave you immortal life so that you could be a chronicler that tells my story of how I won this day for generations to come. And and like he throws <laughs> his cloak off. And he has his own robot that's a Gurren Lagann type. Mm -hmm. So it also runs on spiral power. Yeah. And uh, they get into a big crazy fight. It's super awesome. Um, Simone is left with just Lagann. Like Gurren gets disconnected from it. And you think at that point that it's over. But um, Lord Genome, uh, his... his um... Okay, so I should say his robot is called Lazengan. Mm -hmm. And um, I know you don't watch Naruto, but Naruto also has a big spiral theme. Um, the The sequel series is called Naruto Shippuden, which means Hurricane Chronicles. His mm -hmm. element is wind. Uh, his uh, home, his like family's homeland is the land of whirlpools. Uh, mm -hmm. He has a whirlpool symbol on his back. Uh, the The leaf symbol for the hidden leaf village is like a spiral, and his main attack is the Rasengan, which is like a spiral sphere of energy that he holds in his hand which is described as a miniature hurricane in the palm of his hand um and lazengan can actually be said in japanese the same way as rasengan huh. because l's and r's and z's and uh, s's are like all the same interesting rasengan <laughs> uh but uh so it's it's a neat little uh, homage that they paid there. Yeah, that's cool. But, um, so, uh, Lazengan, uh, makes, like, a giant fucking giga drill, and Lagan has its tiny little drill, and they, like, collide, but Lagan actually manages to make a giant crack through Lazengan. And oh. that point, um, Lord Genome, like, he's got, like, red, like, energy pouring off the top of his head, looking like fire. Yeah. And he's like, I should have known better than to trust a gunman to get the job done. And he punches his way out of the cockpit, 
walks oh down the robot and then just punches Simone's robot in the face. And they wind up getting into a fist fight like that. Simone, That's fun. Simone is out of energy, can't produce any more drills. Uh, yeah. Lord Genome rips the arms off of Logon. It seems to be all over. Simone's slumped. He grabs Simone, lifts him up, and as Simone is being lifted up, he quickly pulls the core drill out of the console of Logon, stabs the core drill into uh, Lord Genome's chest, and he says one of the hardest lines ever. He's like, uh, my name is Simone, Simone the Digger, uh, leader of Team Digurin. If you've decided that you're going to be a wall that stands in my way, I have something that'll blow a hole in you every time. And that something is my drill. And then he turns it like a key, the way that he turns it to operate Logon. And an explosion of green energy that just completely dwarfs the place, bursts out of uh, Lord Genome's back, and he has a giant hole in his chest. That's so fucking cool! (laughs) It's so cool! And, um, but then as Lord Genome is dying, he leaves a cryptic prophecy. uh, Oh. When the land overflows with the million apes, the moon will become Hell's messenger and destroy the world of the spiral. Okay. So we got seven years later. Um, Just because... wanted to give you a quick heads up. I've got about 15 minutes. Okay. I'll, I'll keep this brief. Um, cool. Humanity advanced like crazy in seven years. Uh, Simone became like the president of the world, basically. Oh, good for him. But <laughs> you know, the millionth child is born. There is now one million people on the surface. And suddenly... These strange enemies start popping out of thin air, appearing mm. through geometric portals. Interesting. Um, called uh, Mugen. And they also see that the moon's orbit starts descending. The moon is going to crash into the Earth in a few weeks. That is alarming. Um, also, Nia suddenly has these like red lines appear all over her body. She screams, and then suddenly she's just a different person. She starts talking more cold more robotically, and she says she is a messenger for the anti-spirals. The anti-spirals okay. seeded their own, like, uh, uh, systems or whatever through a genetic lineage, which just so happened to wind up being Lord Genome's lineage. So she, <laughs> as his daughter, becomes their messenger. Um, mm-hmm. And the anti-spirals are the, the, like, final bad guys of the series. They yeah. are a race that used to use spiral power like the humans do. Mm. And what they did was they found out about something called the spiral nemesis. Right. Remember how I said that spiral power can generate matter and revive the dead and everything? Yep. The idea is that people using spiral power would grow so much that eventually the cells in their bodies would become like mini galaxies and they would generate new life forms and then those life cool. forms would have spiral power and then they would hit that point of absolution and the universe would become so dense with matter and energy that it would collapse in on itself in a supermassive black hole and destroy everything awesome and the anti-spirals uh solution to this was to halt their own evolution, murder other spiral races, and keep mm-hmm. other races that had the potential to attain spiral power down. Lord Genome was actually once a warrior that tried fighting the anti-spirals, but he was beaten. Mm-hmm. 
And so he knew about that prophecy where if they get pro uh, progressed enough on earth to have a million people that they'll just kill them all. Mm -hmm. so his solution, like how the anti-spiral solution was to keep spiral races down, his solution was to keep humans down so that they didn't incur the wrath of the anti-spirals. Mm -hmm. And that is itself reflected in a singular underground village uh, called um, Adai, where they didn't have enough resources to sustain more than 50 people. So anytime they had more than 50 people, they exiled them to the surface to die. Okay. So they kept their numbers down. And yeah. it's this idea that villainy in the series comes from people thinking that they can't overcome an obstacle. So they have to play the devil's advocate. They have to become the bad guy, keeping others down to avoid mm -hmm. catastrophe. And the ultimate way to a good ending is to balance that concern, that, um, you know, caution with the hot-headedness and hot-bloodedness. You, you need a head and a heart. You need a Gurren and a Lagan. You need a Simon and a Kamina. You cannot yep. have just one because if you have only the heart, you will become reckless and you will make a spiral nemesis and you'll destroy everything and throw your own life away like a fucking idiot achieving nothing. But if you have only the head, you will become uh, despaired and you will keep other people entrapped and you will become a villain. Profound. The only way forward is to have both. Uh, and uh, pretty much every character in the series can be quantified as either a Kamina or a Rasu, which is another character that's like Simone. He's very cautious and everything. And Simone winds up becoming more like Kamina when he gets older, but he's still <laughs> him. So he takes the best aspects of both sides, and that's why he becomes the main character. Um, cool. And ultimately... They wind up having giant robots that pilot giant robots that pilot giant robots. <laughs> they 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 have Gurnlogon pilot Arc Gurnlogon, which is um, a spaceship the size of the moon. And then they Arc Gurnlogon pilots Super Galaxy Gurnlogon, which is a robot the size of a galaxy. Mm -hmm. uh, and then. Uh, Super Galaxy Gurren Lagann winds up piloting Tengen Topa Gurren Lagann, which is a robot so big it stands on galaxies as platforms. Oh, um, man. And if you go with the movie, it becomes even bigger into Super Tengen Topa Gurren Lagann, which is so big it can't even be mechanical. It's a full energy body, and it's got a, a big red energy cape, and it looks kind of like Kamina. Um, That's cool. And um, and when when that uses its super uh, Tengen Topa Giga drill break, and the anti spirals choose to match it with their own anti spiral uh, Giga drill break, the the two of them colliding these giant drills, we start zooming out and we see the entirety of the universe. And from so far away, the shape of the two drills glowing—you only see their glowing outline. It looks like an infinity symbol. It's cool. <laughs> Um, and, and their attacks are bending space around them. And yeah, they, they use planets and galaxies as projectiles. They, they, uh, 
the anti-spirals wind up grabbing two galaxies, mashing them together in a ball to make an attack called Infinity Big Bang Storm. And it's basically mm -hmm. a giant Kamehameha wave, but at, uh, as it's blasting uh, Gurren Lagan, you see galaxies being spit out of it. And he says the line, burn in the everlasting hellfires of creation. <laughs> Holy fuck! <laughs> It's so fucking cool. Gurren Lagann is like the coolest series I've ever watched. You have to watch it. <laughs> Dude, that's badass. <laughs> uh, and like if you I go to if you go in the dictionary, look up badass. Just a picture of that screen, whatever that that screenshot looks like. Just do oh, that scene. It's so good. <laughs> I, I won't. I won't spoil exactly what the ending is. I won't spoil the fates of a bunch of characters. And there's a whole bunch of characters I didn't even talk about. Um, uh, I, I I legitimately, I'm like, I want you to watch this. It's there, there's technically 27 episodes, but episode 16 is just like a, a it's an episode showing the uh, illustrators draw the characters. Mm -hmm. and it's like a clip show episode you can fully skip that you will miss literally nothing okay so it's really yeah fun. i don't i don't like clip show episode there occasionally a show will do a clip show episode really well but i, I usually do not dig that whole thing yeah cora had a pretty good one in that like Varric's uh terrible uh storytelling uh, of the events yeah of the that was pretty fun. good um and they and they kind of did they they managed to do a clip show without doing a clip show with the Ember, Island. the Ember Island players. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a good way to do a clip that's show. That's the best way that one of those was ever done. Yeah. But uh okay, so uh it's only 26 episodes. I implore you, like you you have to watch this show. <laughs> um and I, I think you'll be able to take something great away from it. Um it every, sounds like it man. Every person like Every person I've successfully convinced to watch the show has, barring my friend Gene, who sometimes he has wild fucking uh, opinions on things. I do not always agree with him. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, everyone else I've, I've convinced to watch it has been like, that was incredible. Holy shit. You're right. That was a 10 out of 10. Uh, Blind Wave also reacted to it. So after you, oh okay, after you watch it, you can see their reactions to it. Or Dude, I'm always excited to find a Blind Wave reaction. To I've been going back through and finding old videos that they've done for shows that I hadn't seen at the time. And, yeah, oh, it's so much fun. I love they, Blind Wave. They this show made them scream and cheer and cry. It was like it was one of their best reactions they've done. Solid ADHD moment. Have you ever seen their reaction to the Star Wars holiday special? I have. <laughs> yeah, we talked My about God. it when we did our. our oh holiday. yes, we did. I remember. <laughs> I, don't funny. worry. I also like to forget that we talked about it. <laughs> Next year we'll do the uh, Lego holiday special. Yeah, um, I, I think you. So how many minutes do you have left? Uh, probably like a few. Um, I, I at least want to show you Super Galaxy Gurren Lagann because it is uh, probably my favorite of all of the designs. Okay, uh, let, me, let me see how much time I have. That was 15 minutes. I've got like five minutes. Okay, yeah. Uh, 
Well, I, I, I want to point out that Super Galaxy Gurren Lagann um, was formed while they were drowning in super condensed space, acting as an ocean in space. And cool. they managed to uh, reverse the mechanism that was keeping space condensed like that, and it turned it all into spiral power. So it bursts out of a literal sea of spiral power. Um, that's cool. Yeah, so uh, that that's it emerging, and uh, this is what it looks like. Oh, gotta get my thing here. Let's look. Got pulled up. Oh, cool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's one of my favorite giant robot designs of all time. Um, yeah, I understand why. That's cool. Yeah, uh, I, I love the giant gold drills it has on its shoulders. It's great. Uh, and like I said, I'll, I'll let you see the other designs for yourself. Uh, they're really cool. And I, I won't talk about like, oh, what about the moon? What happens with that? What happens with Nia? You have to watch it to find out, motherfucker. <laughs> um, so uh, in, in conclusion, uh, Gurren Lagann good. Uh, did I do it? Did I convince you? To watch it? If, yeah. I, if I have the time and means, where is it? Is it a Pirate Bay thing? Uh, I know it's on like Netflix. Hang on. Oh, okay. I, st I still have access to Netflix. Um, Crunchyroll, Funimation, Hulu. It doesn't say Netflix anymore. It might not be on Netflix anymore. <laughs> Fucking. Uh, if you want, I'll just. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I can just give you my Crunchyroll stuff. But then again, this is one of the few anime that I'm like. You, you should watch it in um, English uh, ah. because the English dub does a very solid uh, faithful translation. It's got Yuri Lowenthal and it's got Kyle Hebert voicing Kamina. He's the voice of Gohan. Oh, cool. Um, I'll find it when I get to it on the list. It's yeah. Being I like when I say I'm adding something to the list, I tend to mean it. It's just yes. that it's a really big list. <laughs> I understand. I, I've got a continuously growing list of things I want to watch with my friend Lou. Uh, yeah. I, keep him, I keep wanting to show him so much stuff. Um, and uh, we're currently watching the Hot Wheels movies. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. So anyway, I think that's going to wrap things up. So everybody, thank you for listening. Um, you can find Jordan at Fandom Optimus on Twitter uh, or just on his Fandom Optimus podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Cape Corner or here where you are on my podcast. Where, where you are currently listening to it. Um, you apparently did not have trouble finding it. Yeah. Hearing <laughs> this message that that would stand the reason. Um, you can uh, join the Cape Corner Discord. The link is in the description. Uh, I actually did do a poll last week. Um, oh, by the way, uh, there there were only two votes on that poll. One was for Gurren Lagann and the other was for Voltron. And I asked Jay which one uh, he wanted to do. And he said Voltron. And I was like, sorry, Crown. Because I know Crown is the one that voted for Gurren Lagann. Oh, nice. So, buddy, this episode's for you. Uh, I might actually cut a snippet uh, here and be like, here you are, Crown. You're welcome. Uh, all right. Uh, well, uh, Discord. Uh, oh, you can support me on the Anchor page. Uh, it works just like Patreon. Um, if literally one person says they want me to just make a Patreon, I'll do it. Uh, 
share this episode with a friend. If you have people that um, are Giga Chad taste in anime like me uh, and have watched <laughs> uh, Gurren Lagann and will enjoy this, um, share it with them. Uh, or if if you know Gurren Lagann's really good crown and uh, you you want other people to get into it, uh, use this. I think I made a pretty good case for why you should watch this show. Yep. Um, is that everything? Oh, no, it's not. Uh, the Hall of Pods uh, podcast network, the link. Oh, yes. And, uh, and True Believers might be making a, a comeback. Ah, sweet. Uh, can't wait to do some stuff with those guys. We, 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 we might actually have a network uh, a solid year after announcing it, and then it suddenly disappeared. <laughs> Did you see that um, I, I got the notification for the Twitter anniversary for the Hall of Pods Twitter page? Yeah, I saw that. It's really funny, because we, we announced it in May of 22, and then I like true believers vanished off the face of the earth, and then I got COVID, and then I got my vocal issue and then it's like you're really the only consistent show i think i don't know what um sjw comic book club has been up to um but i i i need to check if they've been taking breaks or not but it's very funny that we announced it and then it just kind of collapsed but now everything everything seems to be booting back up at around the same time well that and it's not like we have a plethora of listeners, so if anybody does stumble upon these, they have a good backlog of episodes from among our podcasts. And oh yeah, they, it's not like we we made this and then left them with nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's true. All the shows had been going for at least a year before it was announced. I think. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, again, everybody, thank you for listening. Um, this is normally where I end it with stay strong, stay true to yourselves, and remember we can all be heroes, but um, I think it, it's more poignant and uh, appropriate for me to say um, all the lights in the sky are stars. Stars where our spiral cousins are waiting for us. That's the last line of the show. That's beautiful. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's it. <laughs> Thanks, man. Oh, yeah. I always love being super clueless on these podcasts. It's That's the fun thing. It's, 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 it's almost a thought exercise for me to be like, how do I describe this thing? Yeah, and that's funny because that's kind of unique to your show. Since I do just whatever's going on right now in superheroes and Star Wars, usually, I'm just going to be like, well, who else has seen this? recently okay let's talk about it but um uh but yours gets into much more interesting and like deep stuff and it can be stuff that just no one you're immediately talking to knows and so you get to do these just long <laughs> clueless you know, explanations to a clueless person oh and, man uh, that's a fun that's a fun uh uh gimmick i think <laughs> I didn't even get to bring up Parallel Works. They made a series of Gurren Lagann OVAs called Parallel Works, which is just that there's literally an episode where they get trapped in a mind prison labyrinth of alternate universes and possibilities. And Parallel Works canonically is just a bunch of alternate universes that we didn't get to see. That's so cool. Like, That's a cool concept. Yeah. So like there, there's one Parallel Works OVA, which is like a, a, a thing about... Um, a beast man being the hero and Kamina being the villain. Uh, 
Uh, That's fun. Oh, and there's an entire music video of Yoko. Like, somebody made a song, and then for their music video, they were like, can I have an animation of Yoko Littner from (laughs) Karen Lagan? Nice. Um, All right, I actually, now I need to get going. All right, I'm going to link you that music video, but I'll talk to you later. All right, see you, man. See ya.